Welcome to The Woven Podcast, a thread of conversations about faith, life and culture. We're so glad you've joined us. Welcome to The Woven Podcast. I'm here with my stunningly handsome husband, and we're here to answer all of your questions. <laughs> that really wrong, I say it. Welcome to the April edition of The Woven Podcast. I'm here with my stunningly handsome husband, Dave Connett, and we are here to talk about parenting. Sounds better when you say it. It definitely sounds better when I say it. So um, I've had a bunch of questions uh, sent in about parenting, about raising kids. Um, Some questions are quite specific to raising boys because that's obviously what we have done. Um, But obviously a lot of it is principle based and works for boys and girls. So we're going to cover kind of both um, ends of the spectrum today. Um, I've got a few questions and then we'll just chat about some other stuff as well. And I thought I'd bring Dave in because he's the wise one out of the two of us, believe it or not. People don't usually think that's the truth. (laughs) I know. That's why I paused after I said it. Yeah. To allow everyone to laugh. Yeah. Or to allow you to say something nice about me. Well, you are wise, no doubt. Thank you. Look at your choice of husband. Oh, wow. No, I was tricked and now it's too late. Okay. All right. So I want to start with two very important questions. I'm going to read them together and uh, I'm going to let you answer these questions. No, well, you can try and answer, and then I'll answer. <laughs> You'll so, correct me. You'll correct what I get wrong. I think this comes in from the beautiful Talia Smith. Um, hey, Talia. And I'm not going to be naming people one names, but I just feel like she would appreciate that I named this one. There's a part one and a part two to this question. Sure. Part one, um, she wants to know why do boys never restock the toilet roll in the bathroom or toilet? And there's a follow-up, part two. Why do the empty toilet rolls never go in the bathroom bin right next to the toilet? I thought, maybe as a male, you could help me with this one because I have no, I got nothing for you, Talia. Uh, number one, it is rare that the that the men are restocking the toilet roll. I will, I will give you that. <laughs> I am one that I would say maybe I am the rarity. I do it occasionally mm-hmm. um, if the need arises. We kind of have to though because we have a puppy, and um, our puppy, which I'm very grateful for, doesn't chew shoes or furniture yes. or chair legs or anything, but he does love to chew up toilet rolls (laughs) and that's where the issue comes in because our boys leave the toilet roll exactly what you said there's a bin right there but it's not put in the bin why would you need to use the bin that's right there for the thing that's meant to go in the bin i have no idea so the puppy gets the cardboard and chews it so we come home to little tiny bits of toilet roll cardboard not paper just the cardboard all over our floor which again Hey, I'm grateful it's not furniture or shoes. Right. Or, you know, for poor old Beck, Layla had her glasses chewed up by her puppy. So I'm very grateful it's only toilet rolls, but yeah, it'd be good. Obviously, if... our puppy is a Christian puppy. <laughs> Clearly. All right. Here's another question. Um, Com- and... Comes out of training, Talia. <laughs> That's really what it comes down well, to, or a lack thereof. We've failed on that level. Yeah, no, we've totally failed there. Yes. Okay. So um, this is a really great question, and I'm sure you'll have stuff to say about it, and I do too as, uh, as well. Um, how do we teach boys, this is again another boy-specific one, how do we teach boys not to use their physical presence to intimidate or hurt others? So I'd love to know what you think on that, and then I'll chip in my bits. Um, well, in, in, a, in, a, in a perfect situation, you've got um, young men being raised with a strong mum and a strong dad in unity. Um, that's God's plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Realise not everyone gets that plan. Um, and so for those that don't yet have that, that don't have maybe a father figure in the home, they're, they're battling and walking this through um, alone. I would suggest um, there, uh, no mum can be 
the dad. Um, and so it's looking at being a part of a community where strong men um, reside. You want a partnership with strong women and strong men in unity. People that are strong in character, strong in principle, strong in the values of the word of God. And so in a situation where we have, um, well, our, our young men are growing. There's one of them that's built like me. Um, and he has True. quite quite the, uh, there's a lot of meat on that kid. <laughs> He's a large human. Um, and so how to make sure it's actually the, 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 yeah, sorry, hang on. You make him sound fat. He's no, no, no. not even a large human. He's just solid. He's solid. Yeah. That's what I mean. He's like a he's, rock. He's, he's slim, but it's solid. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for sticking up for he's him not right a stick. there. Well, no, you just I made him sound that. fat. So I'm just like clarifying. No, it's just, there's a lot, there's a lot of meat on him. Uh, <laughs> not that much meat on him. So, so the, 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 the deal is there's, there's two key stages of, uh, of child's development. Um, and that's listed in Ephesians chapter six in the early verses, one, two, three, read there along. You'll find it there somewhere, but it talks about fathers don't exasperate your children, but raise them in the training and the admonition. And those two stages are actually very key. The first stage is a concrete authority. And, uh, there's a lot of love, but yet what we say goes, what mum says goes, what dad says goes, try to give attitude and you will, A, you'll get something, you won't get what you want and you will get something you won't want. There are concrete uh, rules and there are concrete authority and there are concrete consequences. Now there's a lot of love with it and a lot of explanation of what those are. Um, but what we're doing then is we're actually, um, making sure that um, we set in boundaries that are going to help later on down the track mm. because you can actually physically um, handle a child before the age of seven. Um, and so to train those years, to train in those years for a child to be respectful, um, to never stand up to um, to someone in authority, um, but to learn... Unless to, it's required. Later on down the track, what I'll do is I'll teach yep. them how to stand up. Good in the right situations uh, but one of my children want to stand up uh, in against their mother and they will feel the wrath of dad and vice versa if they want to stand up with me then beck you jump in there very quickly and don't yeah don't you say that and don't you talk to your dad i can handle myself quite fine i'm i'm quite okay but there is this whole you will not get away with it and it is quite the platform then to get into the second stage where the rules become a discussion on values. This is why it's important. And so we go from the rules based and there's concrete rules, and there's concrete authority, and there's concrete consequences um, and a lot of love uh, through to the point where there's more explanation and discussion and negotiation. Mm. What we also do is we make sure that we, um, that we reward good behavior. We reward good negotiation and uh, we punish swiftly bad negotiation, bad behavior, and standing up in that kind of way. Like mm. I said, that works if you've got a teamwork, um, the, and we have that teamwork. There's a strong woman and there's a strong man united for the purpose of training these young ones. And so for those that don't have, um, maybe you're a single mum and you don't have that, I would encourage you to be a part of a church with a strong biblically-based um, teaching and youth ministry. It's very, very mm. important for those young men to have male role models who are going to stand up. It has been my honor for a number of years to be the senior pastor of a church where I've stood alongside single mums as they grapple how to handle their young men. Yeah. Uh, I remember there's a number of times I have pulled a young man into my office and said, is this what's happening in home? Tell me if that's what happened. Yes. All right, let me tell you what's going to happen. If that happens again and you stand up to your mother like that, I will be around mm. and have a guess what I would do to my children if they did that to my wife. I'll let them think about that and then I'll say, I will actually 
outwork those, those consequences to you if you like as well. Um, so don't you dare stand up to your mother like that. It's so you've a, been able to it is a partnership of strong men with strong women. You've been able unity. to um, um, support the single mums um, in providing that male, um, I don't know, boundary or yes. discipline or role model. Uh, or support probably is a better word, isn't it? Right. So yeah. then I'm able to go and talk to the mother. Once they know that they've been backed, then I will have to usually have to talk to how do we get to this point? And mm. um, we do have to talk in regards to um, how to deal with young men at different stages, how their brains work. Uh, don't expect them to be female in the responses, especially when yeah. testosterone is rushing through their body. Yeah. Um, so we'll have those discussions. But uh, both the mother and the son need to hear me say that, first of all, mum is the authority. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and and I will back them, and then I will talk to mum in regards to how she yeah. goes about it. Yeah, mum gets backed up first. Correct, so, yeah. 100%. Um, I think where I'd, what I want to say with this, you know, just coming back to the question, you know, teaching boys not to use their physical presence to intimidate or hurt others. Um, I think that God has put inside of boys, and I am generalising here, but um, the desire, you know, talking about physical presence to intimidate or harm, I think God has put that physical presence, which is the, the word that's been used here by this person asking the question, um, not to intimidate or harm, but to protect and defend. Yes. And so um, boys um, need a mission. Um, Perfect. And so if they don't have a mission, if they don't have a purpose, if they don't, I think at the heart of every boy, and this goes all the way back to little kids, they want to learn how to be a man. Um, you know, and you know, you see that you know, little little tiny kids, like three year olds. Oh, you're getting so big and strong, and you see the chest puff out. And, oh, they stand a little bit taller. Little boys bust their to... biceps out. <laughs> exactly, show us your biceps. Our kids used to every time we said, show us your muscles, they'd show us their their elbows because they which which one of them was it? That you know, they'd show us their elbows because they thought that was where their muscles were. It was really cute. Um, but there's something in boys and I again I am generalizing but in most boys um, that do want to be a man and they want to understand what it means to be a man and I think that that physicality that boys have um, you know you see the way boys play then you see the way girls play it's very different uh, and I say that as you know I was a girl who was a very tomboyish girl you know I didn't have barbies I climbed trees I rode bikes that was me I was very tomboyish but even then, the, the, the way that boys play is still different from the way girls play. And so they want to learn how to be a man. They what, And so what our job is to teach them how to use that physicality for good and not for evil. And they want a mission and they want something, a purpose, and they want something bigger than them. They want to have, you know, they want to conquer the world, but they want to understand what it means to conquer the world. And so for our boys, helping them understand that their role is to protect mum. Like that's kind of their thing. And if that means killing a spider, then that's what that means. They've, they've kind of got that. And I don't mean protect mum in, in terms of, you know, I'm, the, I'm still the parent, right? Um, but there's this thing that, you know, um, they, they want to be, they want to be strong for mum. They want to be, um, there's that protector inside of them. And so I would be trying to push um, the, not push, but, create that environment where the physical presence is not used to intimidate or to hurt but to protect and defend they know that their job is if a girl gets in trouble you protect um you if look your little after. brother gets in trouble that's right 
or your little sister. You're going to step in. Let's help you right. do that. Yeah, let's think that's empower you to do that. So they understand their mission in life is that. Um, and so therefore, if they're going to use their strength for anything, um, and yes, they still wrestle and they still play and all that's part of it, but they, they, it, it's part of their mission in life is to protect and defend and to be that, that strength in that sense. Love it. Yeah. Did you want to add anything onto that? No, it's good. I, the, 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 the stage of then teaching them how to actually use their um, physical presence for good um, is, is an education as well. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think um, one of the other things we had to teach with, with one of our kids, we've got two kids that are very verbal and were very good with their words very early on. And then we had one who is not so verbal, didn't, doesn't find words that come easy to him. And um, it, even now. And so one thing we would have to often say to him is, you need to use your words. Stop. Breathe. You need to use your words. Because when, especially if he got upset or frustrated, there was this rage that would come out of him and he would sometimes lash out at his brothers. Um, and Or when he was very little, when he was like a toddler and a bit older, he'd lash out at me. Um, and we really had to work on him actually stopping and taking a breath, actually us giving him space to take that breath and to think about, you know, what do you want to say? What is it inside that you need to find words for right now? And then give him those, those moments to actually find the words um, and not give in to the rage. Uh, and that was something we had to work on a lot when, they was, when he was small, um, pre, pre seven years old probably. You know, from the, from the moment that he could actually use words and communicate, uh, we had to really help him understand that's how you do it. Now, just to let you know, if you're hearing anything in the background, it is pouring with rain right mm. now. Pouring with rain. So if it suddenly got a bit, I don't know, whatever in the background. We'll lean into the microphone a bit more. We will lean into the microphone. That's it. We'll see how we go. All that right. was very difficult for me to give the time for that young man to speak. Um, yeah. The one that was slower to speak. Yeah. And to allow just to slow up. Yeah. It's very difficult. I actually had it's it there was and there's a lot of attempts and a lot of failures on my behalf, but yeah. I had to keep on working at it because I was just like, let's go. Which I think raises a really good point. Um, parents are not perfect and neither are your kids. And so we actually need to allow everyone time to learn. Um, and allow everyone, you know, you and the other parent and your kids, let's all allow each other grace and room to learn. Um, be aware also with your spouse, um, if there's a spouse there, that they've been raised in a different environment than you were. And so the way that you react is going to be different from the way that they react. Um, and therefore what that means is, you know, for Dave and myself, we come from very different upbringings. Um, and so the way that he would respond to something might be something the way that his parents did it. The way I would respond would be the way that my parents did it. Neither way is necessarily right or wrong. We had to figure out what way are we going to do it and then back each other in our way, right. not, not push against each other, him doing it his way and me doing it my way. We actually had to figure out what is our way so that we're consistent in this and working this together. Um, the, the journey along there is to also never uh, disagree uh, or to cut across your spouse in public in front of the kids um what you can do is if you think it must whatever happening must stop now um you've got to have some form of terminology which is um can we talk about this please um can we move aside can we chat privately um on this topic tell the child we will get back to you um they will know that that's going to happen and then we're going to be in agreement together but oftentimes you can defer the discussion 
um, and you can get back to it later on down the track. But don't cut across the person, but if you disagree, work out a way to actually communicate yeah. offline. That means you are then united in your approach. Yeah, that's really good. Um, okay, cool. Um, let's just talk about, um, I wanna come back to the single mum thing, because we did talk a little bit about, you touched on that a little bit already, but let's talk a little bit more. Um, you know, there is one question, a couple of questions that have come in. One is talking about a single mum who has either zero contribution from dad or a bad influence from dad um, and is now getting a lot of attitude from the kids. How do you discipline? How do you nurture? Um, another question is a single, is that hail? No. We interrupt this podcast with hail. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. Um, now the other the other one is a single mum who's over, just overwhelmed with the role of working and raising kids who've got challenging behaviours. Um, before you talk on that, I'll, I'll, I just want to talk for a second on. Obviously, I've not ever been a single mum. The closest I have been was when we were Joel was a brand new baby and we were living on the Sunshine Coast, but moving to the new to Newcastle. And we had just had Joel, like I was recovering from a cesarean. So I had a five-year-old, a three-year-old, or a two-and-a-half-year-old, and Joel. And Dave was traveling down to Newcastle for 10 days at a time, and then he'd be home for, say, five days, and then he'd be back down to Newcastle for 10 days at a time. Um, and I did notice the effect on my kids. Um, Joel was obviously a brand new baby, so he didn't know any different. But um, Josh's behavior, which was not great anyway, <laughs> some of the time, <laughs> he was my tantrum thrower. He went downhill. He certainly regressed. And um, Sam became very, very unsettled. Um, he couldn't sleep in his own bed. He cried every morning going to, going to school. He was in um, prep or kinder at the time. Um, and it was really tough. And so what what really helped me, and this refers back to what Dave was saying earlier about the, the, the importance of a church community, is um, I actually rang Pastor Chaz, who was our pastor, um, and I was like, I don't know what to do. And so he came over and he'd just take the boys out to the backyard and kick the football around with them, or he would chuck the two of them in the car and take them for ice creams at Macca's, or just to have that um, male presence around. Now, obviously it didn't replace dad but it certainly helped um and obviously it's got to be someone that you you know can trust so you've got to Correct. pick that person very very wisely and carefully um on that i'd also say really trust your gut if you haven't if if you have an unsettled sense about someone then trust that sense um find someone that you you trust um just to be in that in, in your kid's world to be that presence for them so that really helped me. That's the power of being a part of a local church yep. where you've got people. Um, and uh, the, the journey with um, having Chaz in our world was a, was a long time journey of trust and we were serving. Yes, exactly. Yep. Um, so we were not distant in church. I would suggest stay connected in church. Mm. It is difficult. Mm. And especially you know, one of your questions you've got here is about a single mum who's overwhelmed with everything. Mm. Um, I would say... If you do the right things the right way long enough, you will get the right result. Yeah. The Bible says if you raise up, bring up a child in the way they should go, when they grow up, they will not depart. Yeah. And no matter what other influences are going on around, and there are going to be some tough conversations and some tough times when you have to actually um, 
restrict your child's um, the influences around your child's life mm-hmm. and you have to go no these are the influences we're going to do yeah. we will be at church we will be at youth ministry we will no you don't feel like it that's okay we're going to go to the temple like the bible said joseph and mary said as was their custom it was yeah. a part of their life they said we will be at church rain hail or shine i don't mm. care what's going on we will be there you will get up you will get out of bed you'll be ready you'll be going uh, and you'll like it whether you like it or not. Um, so that's that, it's actually one of the one of the key things is to make yeah. sure that the key influences are there because on the day you need it, that's when you're going to be thankful that you've actually built those yeah. customs into your life. Yep. Um, on that, um, yep. For me, as a kid that grew up in church, I experienced this, and as a mum, I've watched my kids experience this, where the the young adult influences around them at church, whether they are the you know the workers in the kids ministry, the kids leaders in kids ministry, or the youth leaders in youth, um, have a huge impact on your kids. And so, as a kid myself, I was very grateful for the influence of great kids leaders and great youth leaders in my life, um, or even just young adults who were just a few years ahead of me, but. You know, they'd, they'd stop and have a conversation with me, and I just felt like I was the king of the world because they actually saw that I existed and they believed in me, and that made a huge difference when everything else in life could be was sometimes hard. And I've watched that with my own kids as well, having um, having that influence in their life because sometimes they've gone to school and it's been really hard at school. They've been attacked for their faith, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. To come back to church on a Sunday or youth on a Friday night and have people who are, you know. 20 21 22 believe in them and Mm -hmm. talk to them about god and teach them about the ways of god and tell them they have a purpose and there's a cause greater than themselves it helps them then go back to school and go actually this the christian life is worth living you know sometimes if they just look at mum and dad you go oh well that's boring but when there's young adults around them that that are like that hey what are you saying make it cool what are you saying (laughs) sorry your kids don't think you're cool i don't care what you think what um it just makes a huge difference. So again, you know, not to harp on the church thing, but you know, there's a phrase it takes a village. Um, this is a really good village to have is, is people like that around your kids. Uh, right. So um, for the uh, for the mum that's talking about um, where the, the the father is either really not inputting or not there, um, I'm going to suggest one great thing for when when you do have that. Uh, I suppose that custody arrangement where they go off and you're trying to be the parent bringing um, values, bringing discipline, bringing boundaries, Mm. and that can be a bit of a battle. And then it's difficult because you know you're doing the right thing, but yet they go off to the other spouse, the the other parent, and there's no boundaries. They get whatever they want. They start power, and you are paying the price, and it can be for days afterwards. Um, One of the greatest lessons we ever learned was to sit um, when the children come back before they get inside the house, sit on the front doorstep and we already have pardon me, clear boundaries mm. around what happens in our home. Now, yeah. remember, this is mummy's house and this is what happens in mummy's house. Mm. Or remember dad's these, house. Or this dad's, is dad's oh, house. Sure, perfect. Yeah. This is what happens in a house and reiterate what those, there will be respect. Uh, there will be love. Yep. There will be kind words. What, whatever the things that are going to help... Um, uh, whatever, the, whatever the things you think are the values that you want to reiterate. And so, okay, so what, and after a while, then say, you tell me, what are those boundaries? Okay, now I wouldn't go in until we say, are you agreed that that's how we're going to live? Mm. Are you agreed? Okay, now we're all agreed. 
So we've actually got to the point where there's a basis of agreement of what we're going to do. Yeah. Then I would pray and I would pray like, hey, Father, I thank you for this day. Yeah. I thank you that whatever's gone before is behind us. We yeah. go into this day, into this house under your blessing, under your leadership, under your guidance, under your uh, covenant. And so I would declare that mm. and then say, all right, kids, anyone want to pray or whatever? And then just like, we're going to go in, right? Let's yeah. go in together. Yeah. We go in as a family and I would do it this way. So it's, it's quite ordered, um, but you, you definitely have to have what are our boundaries. And uh, it can seem a little bit contrived. It can seem a little bit um, staged, but it definitely is It definitely is staged. Yes, you are putting this on. Yeah, this but is, that's okay. This is definitely... It's not, it's not fake. No, it's not fake. It's intentional. Definitely intentional. Yeah. I would definitely do that. Uh, I would say to the mum who's, who's feeling overwhelmed... Um, look at ways where you can even have the moments of rest. What are the things yeah. that actually rebuild your soul, uh, rebuild your body? Um, I would suggest that you find the time, and wh- whether it's putting on one worship song, as soon as you've got a second, um, either pull out the Bible and have one verse, have one worship song, have mm. something where you know that you are going to put into your soul. Um, I try to work out, obviously, if there's some form of working out a routine, that helps to be yeah. able to do that. Um, work out what's the way that you can actually be there, be in place for you. Yeah. Um, I would, if it comes to church, I would still work out some form of way that you could be a part of. Um, it's interesting because it's actually in 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 um, it's in giving, it's in sowing that we um, receive or we reap. And I would suggest not just being a part of a church just to attend. And I realise it might be difficult to get the kids out of the house if it's just you doing it um, but i would say what's one way that you can input what's one way that you can contribute because yeah. that actually will aid to your growth and yeah. your feeling of being a part of the crew yeah. um, with the adults even being though you might be wrangling team, yeah. your children outside of that yeah. um, i would say i'll work out a way to be a part of a connect group um, uh, work out a way to be a part of community if that's difficult then talk to the pastor talk to someone and say i would like this how can i be part of community yeah. i would love this and so that'd be my suggestions that's really good i think also even um and high five to all of the parents that are in that situation oh yeah single i do moms, appreciate it dads. i do appreciate it it's it's been our honor to stand along so many yeah. single mums Legend. and dads Legend. over the years and high five i'm not going to pretend like it's easy no parenting gig is easy um but you are absolute heroes and we love you and we appreciate mm. you and we're high-fiving yeah i think some things that may help is sometimes we feel all parents feel this or maybe it's just all mums i'm not sure maybe dads don't feel this i have no idea tell, tell me what it is and i'll <laughs> let you know how i feel about it we never feel like we're good enough ever right um and we always feel like we should be doing more no i'm and- fine <laughs> <laughs> shut up um so i think you know if you are um single mum or single dad and so if we don't have that other person to sort of hand off things to um, and sometimes we then feel the, the pressure of trying to do everything. Um, I would probably sit down and work out, okay, what are the things that I don't cope well if this doesn't happen? So, for example, um, I can handle a little bit of a messy bedroom if my bathrooms and my kitchens are clean, right? Or whatever it might be, okay? I, don't, I can handle not folding the washing as long as the washing is clean. Um, really? Whatever it might be. It's not an expose. Um, because some it things, seems to be. some things, oh, I'll tell you what, something else, here we go. Um, I don't hang up washing on the line. And I know there's people, including my mother who are horrified by that right now. 
but something had to give. I didn't have time to do everything. Something had to give, so it was that. So I used my dryer, and I'm very aware that my electricity bill is higher as a result, but that was the trade-off I had to make. Now, not everyone will make that trade-off. My mother would never make that trade-off because she would be like, what a waste of money. And that's totally fine. But what I'm saying to single mom or single dad, what are the things that you can trade off? So you go, okay, I can live with that. I can't live if that's not if that doesn't happen. And so just go, okay, I'm going to leave that, but I'm not going to leave this. And it just takes some of the pressure off your shoulders of thinking you have to do it all. You don't have to do it all. Choose what you have to do and what you don't. And the other thing is I would get the kids all, um involved as well you don't have to do everything you know we often oh. we joke to our kids all the time that why did you know that we say okay go and clean the kitchen and um actually people who are over at our house will say this to us so you know we'll finish a lovely lunch or a lovely dinner and then people will start to pick up the dishes and oh no 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 the kids will do that and they're like, oh no it's fine i'm like why do you think we had children this is why we had children because we have three slaves and we joke about it but you know they kids carry their weight they need to carry their weight um, and it doesn't have to be a So it is list. a joke, and that is that is their job, and that is a joke. Yes, it is a joke, kind of. <laughs> yeah, no, but those kids need to be taught, and do that from an early age. This is your That's job, right. this is your load, That's this is right. not, you don't get pocket money for yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, one of our boys has been, a few years ago, we were just like, okay, what jobs do you want to have as your jobs? I was like, this is the thing, what's the thing? And one of my kids was like, I like cleaning the bathroom. So that's his job and has been for probably at five years since he's 15 now. So there you go, I've given away who it is. But probably about five years ago, he was like, I'll clean the bathrooms and toilets. And so, yeah, kids can kids can clean. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Hey, the, on that question here, there was one in regards to um, either no contribution or bad influence from dad now getting um, attitude, how do you discipline yeah. and nurture. And, and another one in regards to boundaries and rules with teenagers. We now they're doing. We haven't actually read that one yet. Read okay, that. you want to get to that. We can um, read it out now. So I would suggest that if you get to a teenage years and um, things have either slipped under the carpet and you haven't noticed, or you look now and go, "Oh, we didn't put in those boundaries," and now we're paying the price with children that are. Uh, in a larger body and larger attitude. Mm. Um, what I would do is I would, first of all, uh, I would be in complete agreement with the other spouse. If you are married, then be in complete agreement in regards to what's the problem. And then what are the values you're going to stick with and how you're going to stick with each other and back each other. Mm. And so what if that means then uh, you come to the point of saying this attitude is going to stop. Yeah. So, and if you're if you're single and you've got a really trusted friend, let them know so Great. they can on the on the tough days they can encourage you and you go, hey, you can do this, and actually stand with you in that. The the key thing is being united. You can't be yeah. uh, you can't be uh, disconnected on this point. You must be together, yeah. um, or you, you will be. It, it's guaranteed to fail. Yeah. But what you need is a reset button. And once you've agreed what that reset needs to look like, what are the things that need to change? and that you're agreed with your spouse, then what you do is you set a date where you have a family meeting and you actually say, here are the things because of this, this is this, this is the change, this is our value, this is gonna be the change. And then give them time to think about it. Don't do it straight away. Don't rip the Band-Aid off. There will be a little bit of World War Three coming along and what you wanna do is you wanna give the kids time to understand it and to realize because of a value, because something's important, therefore the action will change. 
And so, and it, and it gives them time to think about it. You're not telling them, you're not ripping the bandaid off. You are, you are giving them time to consider it and think about it. And there may be conversations between that point and when the deadline is for when we start, but give it five, give it six days, give it something and then say, look, this is going to change. Um, and so you are giving a little bit of time for them to get used to it. They may just continue with the bad attitude and you, well, until the deadline comes, you've got to put up with it because that's what you've said. This will change at that point. So, it, but you've got to be united and then you've got to stick with it. And then whatever you do, reward the good behavior that you're asking for. Reward, 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 find mm. rewards. Make sure it's fun. Make sure it's exciting. Make sure it's good. Whatever works for your uh, child or young adult, do it that way. Mm. That's really good. But also correct. You must correct. You cannot, you cannot condone the bad behavior continuing yep. by just, uh, by not uh, correcting. Yeah. Um, the middle of COVID last year, I recorded a podcast with Dr. Robbie Sonderiger, who's a clinical psychologist who specializes in family and family crisis and that kind of stuff. And um, I really recommend you go back and have a listen to that because he just brought some incredible wisdom to this. But one of the things he said with regards to exactly this question, when, when, you know, when there's concerning behavior with teenagers and you're trying to do a reset or a, or a shift in the way that you parent, um, or what you condone or what you allow in your house. Um, he said, you need to allow three years for it to change. Wow. He said, this behavior doesn't happen overnight. It took probably three years to get to this point. It'll take three years to come out. Now that doesn't, I'm not saying God can't do miracles, etc., because God can, but generally often what happens is parents will start to try something new and then four weeks later, well, like Dave said, World War three's broken out and the parents are like, it's not working only been four weeks and so the behavior the, the shifts you make the way he phrased it is the shifts you make now you'll see the results or the benefits of that in about three years time okay. can i say i have with what we just talked about with the reset button we have seen massive turnarounds in mm. families um, but if it's taken that amount of years to sow the negative then it yeah. may take a while to un <laughs> do yes. what's been done so trust yes. god i'd be asking god yes. for miracles um, but the clearer uh you are the more that you celebrate good behavior the more that you challenge the negative behavior and not mm. allow that to happen the clearer you are yeah um, the more unified you are yep. then the more normalized the new behavior pattern that's right is that's right so you and we're certainly not saying that you won't see any results for three years we just you've just got to understand that things take time um that's all right yeah um, one thing I want to talk about is, um, and something I probably, I've written down here, you know, what worked um, with our kids. And one of the things that really helped us is we realized, uh, I think we actually got this from Pastor Chaz and Pastor Fran, that we're not raising kids, we're raising men. Mm-hmm. Or if you're raising girls, you're raising women. You want to raise women of God. You want to raise men of God. Um, that's what I'm doing. I'm not raising a kid. I'm raising a man. And that really helped us just um, keep perspective on a lot of things. It also helped us in the way that we communicate to the kids. Uh, I said earlier, particularly with boys, um, but I think probably girls are the same. They want they want a bigger picture than just their own little sphere, right? They want to know they're there for a cause. They want to have a bigger purpose. And so for us, the whole idea of raising men is that when we're disciplining our kids or even when we're saying no to them with something they want or anything like that when we're correcting them any of this um good or bad or easy or or hard we're we're raising the man they want to be and we'd actually 
communicate that to them. And so sometimes there's been times when um, one of my boys has wanted to um, go to a particular party or hang out with a particular person or what, some random thing, whatever it might be, where we've had to say no, we've been able to go, look, this is why, because we want you to be this kind of man. Um, and describe the man or even actually ask them get them to think about what kind of man do they want to be what kind of husband do they want to be this helps even with you know online stuff temptation all that kind of stuff um what kind of husband do you want to be what kind of dad would you see yourself being how would you want to be you know um yeah who do you want to be because you're raising men and it helps them understand why you're making some decisions that you're making they realize you're not just being mean you're not seeing short you're not being short-sighted you're seeing the big picture you're seeing 10 20 years down the track and and you're creating that in them and that's really helped us um, and it's helped our kids understand the why behind the decisions we've made dave said earlier about it's values based and that's what we're helping them understand we don't do because I say so. We don't do because I said so in our house. There's always a reason for why. And our kids have got open permission from us to, to actually come to us and go, can you help me understand why? I just need to understand why you've made that decision, mum. And then we can actually describe why. We can say, this is why. Um, we don't we don't hide that kind of thing from them. And no. I think that's, that's really, I don't know if you want to talk about the whole raising men thing, but... Uh, look, it gives a perspective of what we're trying to achieve. And so when you yeah. do go through the dark days, um, I know what we're trying to do. I know where we're trying to aim at. And so it, I already have that context and perspective and a vision. Without a vision, people perish. They cast off restraint. Mm. And so... Which is really actually important with kids and teenagers. Our kids have a bigger vision of who they want to be and therefore they put on restraint um, because they know who they want to be. Well, it helps us put on restraint as well. I'm not going to react at my kids when I realize I know what we're doing. I know where we're going. I know this will work. Currently, this teenage boy with testosterone going through his body is brain dead. So therefore, uh, and they're not doing what I told them and they're doing it over and over and over again. So am I going to be patient on this journey um, or am I going to be reacting like I'm reacting to a child? I'm raising men. I'm not raising boys. Mm. And then then I think we we are helping shape we are shaping their identity right um i'm not allowing the internet to shape my child's identity oh ding um, ding 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 i'm not ding. allowing uh, you know do you want to touch on the internet we can um i, I just i'll just let me finish this thought you know none of our kids are on social media none of them on any social media whatsoever and yes it's inconvenient for the youth ministry because they want to communicate to kids and they do it via social media that's fine my kids aren't on social media i don't care we've got one that and, was allowed very briefly and then he he came off it and we he didn't want the temptation he didn't want the temptation and based on that we went okay that's that's very wise scantily clad bots trying to add him (laughs) and so here's the deal i i am stewarding my child for god my child is not my own my child belongs to Jesus right. and I am the steward who's been entrusted with their life. Mm. And therefore, I am going to define their identity for them. Social media and the internet and whatever fad of the day is not going to define their identity. Um, I want them to understand who they are in Christ, not what the latest social media cultural fad says they are. So when, when we allow our kids unfettered access to the internet yeah. uh, and social media is just a very easy way of allowing that access, uh, when we've allowed that, then you allow people into, you wouldn't allow these people in to darken the doors of your house. Mm-hmm. Um, you would not have them around for dinner. You would not want that influence in your child's world. Right. But yet 
they're having more influence on the internet than they ever would if they came around to your house because we're allowing the unfettered access yep. of the internet and it it will show it will yep. come out and so we have rules in regards to the internet it will only happen um um in the um in the in the dining room it happens on a public space and you don't do it alone um, we have um, very strong filters on our internet um, and then at the right age then we help that child now as a young man handle it in the right in the right way so they get to actually handle that unfettered access later on down the track when we know that they've got the strength as a man to stand up mm. against those temptations and still uh, we were involved as the the trusted mentor to help them walk through that situation no matter what time no matter what age we are still involved yeah but they've got to show that they can do it well before we'll give them that access and there'll be small increments as we go i think it's important for parents to know because often i get asked about you know internet filters etc um, there's no foolproof internet filter stuff will get through i'm telling you right now um, stuff will get through and that's why we have the public space only um, internet Real. policy um, because there's stuff that just doesn't get doesn't get picked up via filter and right. so we need to understand that there's there's ways around things as well one of my kids came to me one day because our kids don't have um, internet access on their phone so they can on their phones they can use phone calls text messages games check their bank account that's pretty much what they can do right um, Google Maps Right, but they don't actually, I can't access Safari or the internet, any internet browser on their phone. One of my kids came to me one day and said, um, I was on Google Maps and I clicked on a particular business that they were trying to find and it went to the website and suddenly they were in an inter on the browser and they're like, did you know I could do this? I'm like, no, thank you for letting me know. So understanding that kind of thing um, is really important So from to that know. point, they had access to the internet, bang, 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 through yeah. those back doors. And thankfully... You know, they came and told us and we were able to do things about it. But I think with what I'm saying with that is is understand that no filter is foolproof. And so that's why you have other things around them to actually protect the kids. Um, the other thing is to do with social media. And Dave referred to sort of the, the darker side of social media and the, the really dodgy side of social media. But you need to also understand, and this, this comes to probably boys and girls, but particularly for, for girls, I'm speaking for me as a woman, that... There's a lot of stuff on social media that is not necessarily bad, but it's certainly not good for my self-esteem, you know, um, certainly not good for my mental health. And so I know how that affects me when I see everyone else's perfect Instagram feed. Uh, and that's me as an adult. So what is it doing to my kids or to my daughters, right, who are trying to figure out their self-esteem and their self-worth and their identity and all that kind of stuff? What is social media feeding into them oh babe don't don't underestimate cardi b's unwholesome <laughs> input to this generation she's even talking as about as bad as, as cardi b i'm pure like as the driven snow there's, there's lots of no that's mainstream that's mainstream yeah i know but what i'm saying is there's lots of wonderful instagram accounts oh. that also actually feed oh. our insecurity and there's actually nothing wrong with the instagram account there's been people i've had to stop following not because of anything wrong with them but because of what it triggered and triggered inside of me, and I think that's a really important thing to think about. Um, so, and, you know, even more so with our kids, right? All right, we need to wrap this up soon. One last thing I want to talk about is the God factor, um, and obviously you can add extra things if you want to as well. But um, we don't raise our kids on our own; we're doing it with the Holy Spirit, and so putting into their lives the 
um, habit of prayer and Bible and introducing our children to the Holy Spirit and everything that that means is really, really important. So I guess I wanted to see what you wanted to talk about with that, Dave, and then I'll, I'll touch on that as well. Um, look, we're going we're gonna to live it like it's normal. We're, we're going to live it like it's, um, that's the way that we do life. So um, when, we, um, when, when we pray and we have time over meals, I think the meal time is key to actually have the conversations and we talk about how we handle different things. And, mm. um, um, but then also just making a habit of prayer and a Bible reading. And walking them through that there's different ways to do it there's different at times we've done different um, bible reading plans and done a few things um but the habit of um just encouraging them along hey how you doing there how are we doing there and i, I think i'm as senior pastors um obviously we get to lead what happens within the church and we do have a youth ministry that values discipleship raising those that are going to be followers of christ um and so mm. um We'll even we'll even say, hey, and we're away for a couple of days now, and, and there's a few things they've got to do before they get access to any kind of technology. And one of those things is, have you had your Bible time? Mm. Yeah, yeah, making it normal. Um, I read this yesterday. A great line it just said to parents, you need to understand that you are your kid's pastor. You are the one responsible for your kid's spiritual growth. It's we don't outsource that to our pastors. Um, you know, and they assist and they help and they're very, very important. We've talked about that a lot. But at the end of the day, we are our kids' pastors. And so how, teaching them about Jesus, don't leave that to the kids' church or the youth ministry or the pastor on a, you know, on a Sunday. Teach them about God. Teach them about the Bible. Help them understand things. There's actually a great resource that um, I've used with my kids. Uh, it's not even for kids. It's for adults, but it's certainly for teenagers. It's very appropriate called Theos U, where you can actually um, access all kinds of teaching um, on a whole lot of biblical, you know, Bible books or topics, all that kind of thing can be very, very helpful um, and, and spur discussions. One of the things we've tried to do is make it very fun. We try to make anything to do with God and church fun. Yeah. Um, not, not, not lots of serious stuff. We want them to actually want to go to church. We want them to actually want to read the Bible. Um, the other thing is the, the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, you know, praying for your kids to receive the Holy Spirit and baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. Um, one day, um, Josh went for a bike ride and it was a pretty long bike ride. He was riding his bike along Fernley Track from Highfields to Redhead Beach, which I don't know how long that is, but it took a while. And on his way back, he hadn't timed it properly and it started to get dark and he's in the bush and it was getting darker and darker. And probably wasn't all that dark outside, but with the bush, it made it even darker. And um, I was at home getting a little bit nervous. I, was, I couldn't ring him. He had his phone on him, but of course he's bike riding. He wasn't listening for his phone. He wasn't answering and I'm getting nervous. And he finally got home and it was dark by the time he got home. I was like, how were you, buddy? Were you okay? He goes, oh, I was so scared, mum. You know, riding in the dark and on his own through the bush. And I said, oh, what'd you do? And he goes, I just, I just prayed in tongues the whole way. And I had to laugh because I remember doing the same thing where I'd be walking somewhere at some point, you know, I shouldn't have probably been walking that time of night and scared and just praying in tongues because that was, that's what you do. You pray in tongues and the Holy Spirit comes and brings you peace and brings you strength. And, and um, I thought, I was so happy that day. I just thought, what a gift that, you know, even when I can't be there, that the Holy Spirit is there for my kid. 
and what a gift that he has that he can communicate to the Holy Spirit when he doesn't have words for it. He can speak in tongues, pray yeah. in tongues, and God's right there for him. Right. Um, so, yeah, and again, if, if you don't know how to do that, if, you, if you're struggling with that, please talk to your pastor. Ask, ask for help, ask for assistance with that. There's people around who would love to help. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of other things we could talk about. I think we've gone long enough, though. Please go back and listen to the um, podcast that I did with Dr. Robbie. Also, when I did a podcast a few weeks back with my kids, we talked a lot about um, negotiation with kids. And that is something that we have done with them. I won't cover it here. Go back and listen to that one. We talked about how they have a right of reply. If they don't like our answer, we actually taught them to learn how to negotiate. Because, again, we're not raising kids. We're raising men. And I want to raise adults who are able to negotiate and communicate and talk about a thing and discuss an idea and so we've really worked hard to teach that but to know more about that go back and listen to that podcast i did with my kids yep go back um, do it do your, do your homework <laughs> any last thoughts you want to share dave connett no there's lots of thoughts we've covered already yeah i think we've we've done good i think it's good all right that's it from us that's it from the woven podcast uh if you need to know anything more go to the website goodlifechurch.com.au um or follow Back on Instagram because <laughs> it's a fun ride. Uh, after I've just like told how bad social media is. Yes, I have a love-hate relationship with social media. Anyway, that's it from us. Chat to you next month. Ciao. That's it for this edition of The Woven Podcast. If you want to know more about Good Life Church, head to goodlifechurch.com.au. Thanks for listening.